Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 144 Blessed be the Lord my strength, who teacheth my hands to war, and my fingers to fight. My hope and my fortress, my castle and deliverer, my defender in whom I trust, who subdueth my people that is under me. Lord, what is man that thou hast such respect unto him, or the son of man that thou so regardest him? Man is like a thing of naught, his time passeth away like a shadow. I think you're muted, Father David. Sorry. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth thy lightning, and tear them. Shoot out thine arrows, and consume them. Send down thine hand from above. Deliver me, and take me out of the great waters from the hand of strangers. Whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of wickedness. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, and sing praises unto thee upon a ten-stringed lute. Thou hast given victory unto kings, and hast delivered David thy servant from the peril of the sword. Save me, and deliver me from the hand of strangers, whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of iniquity. That our sons may grow up as the young plants, and that our daughters may be as the polished corners of the temple. That our garners may be full and plenteous with all manner of store. That our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. That our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no decay. 
no leading into captivity, and no complaining in our streets. Happy are the people that are in such a case. Yea, blessed are the people who have the Lord for their God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the twelfth verse of the twelfth chapter of Wisdom. For who can say to you, what have you done? Or who can oppose your decree? Or when peoples perish, who can challenge you, their maker? Or who can come into your presence to vindicate the unrighteous? For neither is there any God besides you who have the care of all that you need show you have not unjustly condemned, nor can any prince, nor can any king or prince confront you on behalf of those you have punished. But as you are righteous, you govern all things righteously. You regard it as unworthy of your power to punish one who has incurred no blame. For your might is the source of righteousness. Your mastery over all things makes you lenient to all. For you show your might when the perfection of your power is disbelieved. And in those who know you, you rebuke insolence. But though you are master of might, you judge with clemency and with much lenience you govern us. For power, whenever you will, attends you. You taught your people by these deeds that those who are righteous must be kind, and you gave your children reason to hope that you would allow them to repent for their sins. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He remembering his mercy hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of the book of Re Revelation. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. 
Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may by thee be plenteously rewarded. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. Begin our lessons tonight with Psalm 144, um, which begins to build for us an imagination for this kind of riddle that we see at the heart of wisdom literature in the Old Testament. Primarily, we have this um, riddle of, of God's sort of ultimate transcendence and being above and beyond all things and being entirely other from the creation that he has made, and yet also being a God who is present in and among and is Lord over all and is present to his whole creation um, without being identical to it and without being sort of um, infinitely beyond all of it. Um, it, it's we can't take for granted how difficult of a sort of synthesis of of a notion of the divine that is um, that very uh, left to our own devices we would tend towards uh, one of those one of those two other options we would either tend toward a, a vision of a god who was sort of created and set all things in motion um, and then kind of you know pieced out from it and uh, and went his way um, or that rules it from afar and occasionally sends emissaries or visits it, but then sort of retreats from it and isn't really um, in and among it. Um, and then you also have a vision of God that is um, that, that over identifies him with his creation and divinizes the things that have been made, um, which cannot be God. They, they have having a beginning. They cannot be that which has no beginning or that which causes all beginnings to begin. And so, um, and so you, you know, this no, the, the wisdom literature brings us to to sort of grapple with these things in tension with each other. And on, and as we as we look at Psalm one forty four, we see the particular tension being how God, you know, is the one who, when he visits the earth, causes the mountaintops to smoke, which is an invocation of the image of God visiting the Israelites camped around Mount Sinai after the Exodus. Um, where the, you know, the, the, the mountain was on fire, um, and yet did not, you know, was not consumed, kind of an image of the burning bush writ large, which also happened at the same mountain. And so you have this image that's also combined with this sort of intimate nearness that the God who is this one who causes the mountains to smoke is also the ones that, uh, it's also the one that visits, um, his beloved, um, and is, and, and is a, a tender and loving and, um, and never failing kind of uh, loving to his people, to his beloved. And so you have these two things held together, this image of tenderness and concern and care, and also this image of like an un, un, unutterable power. They also have a, a present in this and in also beginnings of the wisdom literature, the wisdom reading from tonight, you have this idea that and that's another tension present with God is that he is both um, all powerful and yet um, gives this sort of um, this gives this sort of testing space to humankind um, to allow them to to sort of choose life and choose the good um, and requires of them to do so and when they fail isn't someone who snuffs them out of existence but rather is 
is long suffering with them and, and sort of suffers um, the offense of their sins and suffers the, you know, the, the wrath, his wrath of, and towards their disobedience. Um, and so you have this other tension at play where God is, you know, is observant of all and knows perfectly uh, the justice that all human thoughts, words, and deeds deserve, and yet is merciful in this. And by this has given us command in, as his likenesses in creation to imitate that as well, to be both, um, you know, inexhaustibly concerned for justice, uh, but also to be compassionate and that these two things are both required of us and that they're not to be combined in some sort of like milk toast compromise between them, but rather to be um, fully and assertively what they are simultaneously and let those things kind of exert a gravity on each other. So as Christians, we're not permitted ever to be lax in our sense of justice. And that begins with our with our regard to our own sins. Our self examination must be the most kind of severe courtroom that there that that we that we participate in. Um, and yet, that is where we meet God, who always you know who always comes to meet and forgive and absolve and to restore. And then in our relationships with people, we have we see something very similar. You know, we are you know we are not we're called to you know see sin as sin, um, but at the same time. Um, we are also called to be long-suffering and forbearing and compassionate and and to be that to the nth degree as well. And so what I, what I think we need to see from both of those lessons um, as we prepare to look at the Revelation lesson from tonight is, is that um, Christians and people who follow the true God are people who live in a kind of tension space. Who are, who are called to uphold um, to the nth degree, to the, to the full extent. Um, these things that place attention on each other, these truths that place attention on each other, which is sometimes called paradox. And so as we look at Revelation, we can see how what happens when uh, these sort of tensions are slackened, right? Where we have the church at Sardis, for example. Uh, the church at Sardis uh, is doing some things well and lives and is alive in some ways and dead in other ways. And our Lord, who is in the midst of them, who cares intensely for them, is very near to them. Uh, is nevertheless going to speak the truth to them and say, you are persisting in compromises with death itself. And if you continue in that compromise, you are going to die. And so is unflinching and telling them this and also saying, let like uh, renounce these things, repent and live. And is always extending to them that hand, but is also clear to say, I am coming to visit you and I will come suddenly to you. And if you do not change, that's going to have a real consequence to it. And so again, our Lord is the perfect, is the embodiment of all of these things held in their complete fullness. And in his address to, and in his um, exhortations to the churches that are his sort of image, his body on earth, uh, we, you know, he, he has that kind of exacting, you know, the fullness of truth is imparted to them through the message of the spirit to those churches. Um, and that continues to be true for us now. Um, our Lord loves us um, beyond all description, and our Lord loves us so much that he is going to tell us the truth. And it may be that sometimes the truths that are revealed to us, both individually and as a community, are very uncomfortable. And those things require a change in us. And if we are confronted with those things, we, we must be ready to change. We must respond to that conviction of the spirit that our Lord sends to us because he is coming soon. He is going to come and visit our church. He comes to us sacramentally. He comes to us as media, his presence mediated by the spirit. And he will come again and stand among us and say, 
what have you done with the, the gifts and the knowledge and the truth and the power that I gave to you to exercise for my sake and in my name? And we'll be held to account for that. So as we approach Ad, the beginning of Advent on Sunday, it's another call to us as we look at these messages to the churches and as we wrap them up tonight, to be reminded that our Lord is constantly speaking to the churches through the Spirit. He is constantly making himself known in the opening of the scriptures, in the breaking of the bread. He comes to visit us and to, and to search deep within each of us every week and every day. And so for us, it's to say once more, if we haven't in a while, open the heart and say, come Lord Jesus, come to me, come to us and tell us what you would have for us and give us the strength to follow you. Continuing with our intercession, let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. It's great to be with you and to pray with you. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father Hayden. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you.